Welcome to the Flower Hour Podcast, the podcast where conversations blossom. It is your boy, Sean Flores. If you love this podcast and you've really enjoyed it, please share, subscribe and follow and look forward to the journey we will be going on. Hello everyone, you are joined for Flower Hour episode 23. I know it's been a while, I've been gone for ages, but I've been plotting, planning, predicting all the different things that I'm going to be doing with this podcast. So I'm going to be moving it eventually over to Zoom, where I'm going to have so much more freedom. People are going to be able to listen to the podcast outside of these time parameters that we have on Instagram Live. But most importantly, I hope you've all been well. I hope you're dealing with this next lockdown um, a little bit better. Country's in a little bit of a mad place. But I'm going to be joined today by James Appiah, a young Cambridge undergraduate student. And I'm just looking forward to having an amazing conversation with him. We're going to talk about politics, both of our movements, what we're doing in the world. So it's going to be something a little bit different. And then this will be my last Instagram live podcast kind of thing. I'm going to be doing it more on Zoom. So you're going to be able to see both the faces at once and it's just going to be a better setup. So I'm looking forward to that. So I'm going to send this through and hopefully we can get this show on the road. Let me get one. I need to charge my phone. One sec, I'm coming back. Let me just... James, one second. I'm, I'm literally just tra- trying to get my charger in my phone. Do you know what, Bunnit? The battery should last. If the battery doesn't last, I'll find out the hard way. <laughs> How have you been doing, man? It's been it's been ages since I last saw you. It has been ages, really. It's almost been a year, actually. It has, man. So listen, I introduced who I am, but I want you to introduce yourself to my audience and everyone that's going to be watching on my side and also your side. Yeah, so hi everyone, my name is James Appiah. I'm a first year Cambridge student. I'm studying HSPS, which is, I would say it's basically politics. Um, I'm the founder of um, the Elevation Network, which is a financial consultancy firm, um, primarily for students. Um, I'm also a founding partner at a student investment fund uh, called Black Ivy Partners. And I'm a national leader on a project called Prosper 100, which is to certify young people in different industries, just like a little summary. What I do. Um, but yeah. But listen, how are you finding life at Cambridge? Because I suppose whenever we think about certain institutions such as Cambridge and Oxford, we always think about them in one sense. So how are you dealing with it down there? What is it like? Um, I think workload-wise, it's a lot. And I think everyone would say that's a lot. Um, currently, we're in something called week five. Um, so week five is where you kind of get bombarded with work. So whether that be like essays, whether that be lectures, whether that be um, supervisions, um, some people, it's for, for obviously for different subjects, it's different things. Uh, for the for the for the subjects I'm studying, it's mostly essays that I'm kind of getting bombarded with. But I'm, I'm handling it. Um, chant, the main thing is time management. I think I don't think, in terms of complexity of the work, there is there complexity is a big thing. Like trying to understand certain concepts, theories. Um, but I think for me, it's just time management, and I'm just trying to manage my time as much as I can, um, to essentially get the work done and get on the high standard. And, and and what's the social life like? Are you around a lot of um, other melanated individuals? How are you fitting in? What is it all like? So I think for me personally, my social life is amazing. Like like I I love I I'm just I just love everyone here. Um, different characters. Like you're saying, there are melanated people. There's some people like just people not color, just just amazing. Um, everyone's quite cordial. Uh, interesting characters as well. Different backgrounds. So it's not like you're definitive kind of, you know, from being being a person of colour, not that same kind of structure that I would have had probably back in London. But it's definitely um, different classes or different classes of people, um, social classes, and it's interesting. Um, I mean, I enjoy I enjoy meeting new people. I enjoy networking. Um, I've been I've been doing uh, quite a bit of that. Um, obviously, I've locked down and stuff, so it's harder. Um, it is, I, I, can't, I can't try to imagine how it would have been last year. Um, but for this year, anyway, it's been... It's been interesting. I'm, I'm just enjoying it. I don't think that's the case for everyone. Definitely not. 
I think some people are finding it quite hard to engage with people. Mm. Uh, but for me personally, it's been it hasn't been it hasn't been too hard. Okay, no, I think I'm so happy to hear that because uh, whenever I look at your story, you always look like you're enjoying life and living your best life of some sorts, man. So that's the most important thing. Yeah, that's you. So go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I think that's what's important as well. Just like enjoying yourself as well. Um, I thought people can get in the midst of just like I'm focused, I'm focused, I'm focusing. I'm, I'm, I, I'm even being quite hypocritical because I am sometimes like that. Um, but I think I'm, I'm trying to learn the balance of just like sometimes going out, um, just having a fun with a few friends. Um, yeah, just the, the kind of the normal stuff sometimes. No, I could imagine. So taken away from the normal and the very easy stuff. Yeah. I want to know how do you feel about politics at the moment? Obviously, we've had the elections, we've had how the government has dealt with COVID. I would love for you to share your thoughts of me on everything that's happened politically. Yes, I would say like especially with American politics, I feel that's what's trending right now. I'm very indifferent to what's what's usually happening in politics. Um, indifferent because I feel it doesn't. I'm not, like I could be completely wrong, but I feel like for me personally, uh, whatever happens on the the government side, whatever happens on, you know, on the, on the social side, um, it's never really, like, drastically changed my, um, or, I, I haven't, I haven't, I might be ignorant to it, but it's never really personal anyway. Uh, but if that's not the case for everybody, that's for certain individuals. I've come to realise that. James, hold yep. up. My, ch my phone is, is trying to tell me that it's about to die. Yeah. Oh. Wow, I don't know why this keeps happening to my phone. This my phone seems to Go out of battery super quickly. One second. Let me see if I can just get this in. So then we can just carry on. Right, please stay in. Am I in? All right, perfect. Cool. Yes. You can hear me, yeah? Oh, it seems like it's paused. Can you hear me? Can you see me? Yeah, my okay. All right, perfect. Sorry, as you were saying. Yeah, so I'm saying I've always been kind of, I've been kind of distant into politics as much as I've been involved in it. Um, but someone asked how I'm 18, I'm 18. Yeah, yeah I've always been different. But um, in terms of like looking at it from my perspective, as someone that I see, see myself not too involved in it, um, as much as I am, um, I think it, it's divided, it's polarized, uh, very partisan. I feel like there's a lot of, there's not enough discourse being done, or proper discourse, I should say. Um, I feel like a lot of it is, a lot of it is passively violent, ver ver verbally violent anyway, um, and a lot of it is not constructive. Um, and people, people look at politics in a way by they get involved in it when they need to get involved in it. So you know, it's only until there's a presidential election before everyone feels like they want to get involved into politics. Kind of like when with football, when and it's, it's only until the World Cup everyone decides to become. A football fan or for olympics it's only until like the olympics before everyone feels like they want to be an athlete or they want to be involved in athletics or they want to like see the athletic world i feel that's the same thing in politics but i don't think that's how politics should be um because i feel like as an individual politics is what as much as i even say indifferent it, it does shape our daily lives uh yeah and i feel when we subconsciously don't involve ourselves into politics we are subconsciously given power to you know mp uh, representatives, senators. If you live in America, this power to do what to essentially do whatever they want. Um, yeah. And when when a government or state comes into crisis, then they're able to do whatever they want about any accountability, about any sort of um, about any voice from the people. I mean, I feel like we've seen it with in terms of like how COVID has been managed. We've seen it before with things like Brexit. We've seen it. Um, even now with the election, um, and we're going to continue to see in our politics as long as people remain, or as long as people don't feel the need to be involved. Um, and it's, it's funny enough because I'm reading the work of um, Benjamin Constant, who was a writer um, in the 19th century, um, a French writer, um, and he talks about this. He talks about how people that are not involved in politics, um, the danger, the danger of modern liberty, or the danger of you know people not being involved in politics is the fact that they can give up, they, they subconsciously give up their power. Um, Sometimes we're too invested into our private life, personal life. And what we do is that we, we take away ourselves from the community. We take away ourselves from what's actually going on in our world. And we've, we kind of, we've adapted that culture so much so that sometimes an individual 
doesn't feel the need to get involved into politics or the need um, to express themselves um, in a political man manner. That could be by voting. They don't see the need in voting. They don't see the need in meeting up with their MPs, talking with their MPs. And things like, you know, like the free school meal situation, stuff like that happens. And, it, and then he has to take, you know, he has to take someone like Marcus Rashford or has to take someone with a bit of power before it can happen. When really truly the power should be with the people. Um, but yeah, that's why I think I stand in politics. I think people need, more people need to get involved in it, number one. I think number two has become very, it's a bit, it's a bit of a verbal battle. So it's a, a bit of a Twitter kind of um, battle. And I don't think that's constructive. Um, that's why I'm, I, if you've seen my Instagrams, you know, I have those debates because I feel like that's kind of, is it's civic engagement in a different way. Um, but yeah, someone said everything's political. I do agree with that to an extent. Um, I think everything, things have a political element. I don't think everything's overtly political, but that's a different conversation. I think everything is inherently political, whether it's in overtly political, I think is a whole nother one. But I think you said a good point. You said that people don't support England or they don't support the United Kingdom when it comes until it comes to like football and the Olympics. And I suppose people always argue you should be on the right side of history. But I think some people want to be on the right side of moments. And I think you could see that in terms of like Black Lives Matter, where people jumped on the movement for the moment. But when it ended, when the traction had died out, people are no longer into it. And I wrote a recent article on how I felt like Black History Month was super underwhelming because I felt like there was a racial collective fatigue that happened on earlier in the year. I think all the conversation you had about race was earlier on in the year. So I want to ask, how do you feel, especially with Black History Month just have gone and also the Black Lives Matter movement as an organisation and also as a concept? Um, so... We are answered that someone said that corporate influence over politics is the main reason why people are not engaged in politics. Um, I agree, but I don't think that should be an excuse for people not to get involved. If that makes sense. If I hope I said that the right way. Um, I feel like that's that's entirely true. Um, someone said, What school did I go to? I went to the school called St. Bonaventures, it's in East London, it's a great school. Uh, and yeah, so answering your question in terms of racial fatigue, um, Black Lives Matter, um, and the kind of the whole thing surrounding that. I feel like um, I talk about I took it's kind of like a theory I created, but it's probably like some writer or thinker that's already had to see theory, um, and I call it yeah. it's, it's, it's something I just came up with. It's called motions. And what happens is I feel like with with our world we have motions whereby you know there's something that's popular trending that could that could even be a celebrity dying to like Kobe Chadwick, or it could be and a big event Black Lives Matter, um, or it could be a political event like the U.S. presidential election, or it could be something like um, the Olympics. And what happens is you get people invested into, into this thing, um, whether that's by viewing, whether that's by voting, whether that's by engaging. There's always a way that they try to get engaged with it. And I feel like it happens and it, there's a hype around it. Then it, it goes away. Um, so, for example, it's funny, shout, shout out to Prof. Elijah, he's on here. I spoke to him about how um, every four years when there's a presidential election, you get a lot of Christians using the time to manipulate the, the, their audiences and scenery. Um, some Christians, anyway, not all Christians, to try to gain a bigger following by trying to like predict stuff or trying to like associate stuff or attach stuff with Jesus and God, or um, attach politician names and um, people with certain like political ideologies and stuff. And I don't, I don't think that's entirely right. Um, and we get that because of the motion. We get it. it's it's gonna pass. Like after this election, after whoever, because um, you know there's the ideas of recount and the fact that Trump can still be president. So we're, after inauguration, we're gonna see who's president. There's going to be the, that moment where it's like, what are they going to do with the policy? And people are going to, people, generally, people are going to forget about the US president for a while until he does something big or crazy. Um, and then we're going to move on to something else. This year has been COVID throughout because of lockdown. <laughs> this has been COVID throughout. Uh, it's been COVID because of what's happening. Um, but it's going to get to a point where people forget. I think that's what Black Lives Matter was. It was a motion for everybody. And I think um, a very controversial person, but Candace Owens talks about this as well. She talks about how every mm. presidential it rises again. Black Lives Matter rises again. Black men is murdered by yeah. policemen. Um, it, last name was Flan um, Flan um, Castillo. Lando Castro. Yeah, yeah Castro. Yeah. I was the last few years, and, he, and she she predicts that next four years is going to happen again. So I think it's Black Lives Matter was a motion. And for the slope of Black Lives Matter, I definitely stand by it. For the whole movement itself, I think it's controversial in itself. Um, and I'm like, I'm not going to speak on it politically because you know people are confused on the whole thing. Um, but like something like. As much as I think it was, a, it was part of the motion. The way I see everything else as a motion. Um, 
and especially with me, like I'm a Christian, so like I feel like a lot of things is like even see when you read the Bible, you can even see these things happening in the Bible as well. It's like there's certain points, there's certain pinpoints where things happen, people get involved and people just disengage after a while. Um and I think that's what that's what Black Lives Matter. It wasn't it wasn't entrenched talking about the social injustices that people face or the racial injustices that people face. It wasn't in, it wasn't embedded thinking about why a black person enters a space and they feel uncomfortable, they feel accommodated, they feel alienated. It wasn't those things weren't sp spoken of. Those things there were Instagram lives on it, people debated on it, but it wasn't it wasn't the main part of the conversation. The main part of the conversation was let's put a black square or it was you know i i stand by black people or you know i think black lives matter like the slogan became the slogan became almost as a it became an idol i think i think the slogan became an idol i don't i don't think that was the i don't think that should have been the main cause um of the whole movement because yes we, we like everyone it's almost like everyone everyone knows that black lives matter that's not what i don't think that's even what we're trying to even i don't think that's the real issue i think the real issue is about spaces and how we feel in certain spaces and how we feel by society. Because when someone's racist to somebody, sometimes, you know, there's overt racism, there's covert racism. So there's a racism that's like literally like someone saying the N-word, for example. And there's racism by which someone has a prejudice or a view of a black person that, you know, they've probably, they've probably been inherited. They've kind of, it's been a family thing that, or it's been something that they've learned from school. It's something that, it's just a general prejudice. Let me just put it like that. And I think if somebody, for somebody to unlearn that, or for somebody to understand that, it takes a lot. Of pro it takes a lot of processing. It takes a lot. It takes. I mean, protests and stuff are good, but I think there's other stuff that can be done. I don't have the solutions for it. Don't, don't ask me like what else can be done. But I feel like there's other ways um, that people could look at race rather than it being a motion where like people look black squares. Um, I didn't post one personally. I remember people asking me why are you not posting. Like, do you not care about black lives and stuff? And I was like, if you think that me um, posting a square like equates to Black Lives Matter, and I was like, oh, that's, that's questionable. I'm not saying that people that did post a square don't care about Black Lives, because I know people that did, and they, they do so much for, like, racial justice and stuff. So I know it's not, that's not what I'm saying at all. But I feel like people that, um, people that did, there's there's a large amount of people that did, that feel like on a day-to-day -day basis, it doesn't affect them, number one, and number two, they just don't care. It's just, just a trend, just emotions. You know, we'll get by it. And then now it's like US presidential election. Everyone seems to care now all of a sudden about what Kamala Harris and Joe Biden did in the Middle East. But when it was actually happening, no one was questioning them about it. And I think it's just another thing that's happening now. The same way, like, I don't know if you heard today in the news that um, Wales have... Um, Scotland. Was it, was, are, you talking about, are you talking about banning the smacking? No, 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 cancelling the exams. 20, oh, I saw Wales. Yeah, they cancelled the GCSEs, right? And I feel like it's another thing that's like I've been see that was even a big thing at one point. It affected me personally, where exams were cancelled and you had like an uproar of students, and all of a sudden everyone cares about student affairs. Or well, I'm talking about older people anyway. They care about student affairs, you know, students. Um, and then like everyone's kind of like, oh, this shows that we live in a classist system, blah blah blah, 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 blah. and then you know that happens, and then now that's that's gone. Like no one cares about students now that it like what's happening to them during this period of time. Um, so I think, like I'm talking about, it's emotion thing. So if you ask me, literally, because I feel like I've waffled on for quite a bit. If you ask me, Black Lives Matter, what I think of it, I think it was a big motion, and I feel like it's a motion that pops up every now and again, <laughs> almost like the Olympics. If I'm being very, very to be honest, and I feel like it will pop up again at some point. But for now, it's like you're saying, it's not really catching up. Another example, SARS as well, Nigeria. That was another motion that we saw. You know, everyone posting SARS, SARS. You saw the red flag with the blood on it. Does anyone know what's happening right now in Nigeria? If I start to people. Um, so I feel like, yeah, motions. Uh, that's my answer to me. I think what's really interesting is you you drew on a lot of points. And I think, as you said, you know, by your own theory, whether or not someone out has, else has it out there, motions. And I think black squares are almost like a badge of approval to say that I care about Black Lives Matter. And then, as you said, with SARS, when people put stuff on their story, they felt like they were doing something. And then you have, you know, with Wales banning the GCSEs and you had Manchester, the University of Manchester the other week, putting the fences, yeah. up, put students in the fences. So it just feels like there's a political theme park going on right now where is, people are is. being dragged from left, right, centre, and people don't really know what's happening. So, for example, my focus, I just wrote something on Scotland 
banning the smacking of children because some people believe it's an infringement into the family home. I just feel like everything's happening at a moment now where, as I said, there's a political collective fatigue, there's a race fatigue, there's a class fatigue. And as you rightly said, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, no one spoke about how Joe Biden voted for um, pro-segregated schools back in the 70s. No one spoke about how Biden supported, well, he signed off the 1994 criminal federal bill. No one else spoke about how he said black people aren't black if they don't vote for him. People change the narrative as it suits them. And I suppose what the political tide or the current takes them. So I, I guess in accordance, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's almost because a lot of uh, the thing I get a lot now is like, James, you've, you've spoken about the problem. How do we solve it? I don't think you need solving, to be honest. I think people just need to apply themselves at, a, at the right moment. If the time comes, if the political time comes, it's almost like, ooh, here we go again. Now we're talking about this. You just need to think to yourself, how can I apply myself in the way by I'm not just being performative, I'm not just being tokenistic, but rather I'm actually engaged in the conversation. I'm trying to patch up how, because that, what, what was the political motions and tides we're talking about, it's, it's just how our politics works. There's nothing we can do. There's nothing no one can ever change about that. That's how it's going to be forever. It's been like that in history. Things come up. Like, I was even reading about the French Revolution today. And the French Revolution, even back then, so many things were happening. Kings and queens were dying. Peasants were revolting. And it, you see that now in different, different ways. You know, you get people protesting now in the streets for Trump not winning, they, them demanding a recount. So there's always going to be, like, that kind of um, power shift because, because of the way our society is set up, essentially. I think what people need to do is people need to see, okay, where do I stand, number one? And number two, how can I apply myself into these situations? Am I just going to be a silent watcher and just be a protective and just literally not engage? You can do that happily. You can do that. But then how is that, how is that going to benefit you and your generations to come? You have to think about that as well. Um, so I think for me personally, even me, I'm still learning. How am I going to apply myself? Is it just, am I just going to keep posting on Instagram every single day? How, how does that even solve anything? For how long? Or is there a thing where, like, I'm actually going to try to, like, you know, get a degree, see where I end up in social policy and actually try to make actual changes. And I feel like I'm trying to put myself on that journey to be able to do that. Not everyone has to do that. Not everyone has to, like, want to end up in social policy or want to change politics in some certain way. But I think that's what I'm saying, applying yourself. That's up to you to decide where you want to apply yourself and how you want to apply yourself. And I feel like it's for different groups. So, for example, I'm a Christian, so like we have to even talk about how do Christians apply themselves in these situations. Like, where, where can we preach the gospel? Where do we get a chance to talk about Jesus in these situations? Um, as a person of color as well, you have to think, how can I bring, how can I bring increased representation in this political tie? If, let's say, for example, it's, um, I don't know, if, let's say, example, the tide is students, how can I maybe talk about students of color, young black men um, from where I'm from that are literally struggling um, just to, like, engage the academic system because of how much it's, it's almost designed in a way, it's not designed to, it's not designed in an appetizing way for them. So I need, there's different things I need to discuss and be talking about. I just need to think, how do I apply myself? Um, yeah. And I think, I said this to someone else the other day, I said, when we ask for representation in certain spaces, are we asking to meet the quotas or are we asking to put people there who actually care? And I say this, for example, um, I was talking about one of my other fellow friends, we were talking about this. So Kamala Harris, and if you compared her, for example, to Priti Patel, they're both black. Um, sorry, black, so Kamala Harris, black and Asian, then you've got Pretty Patel, who's Asian, um, and so on. So people are not just happy when it's someone of colour who's in the place, but they almost have to represent a certain ideological outlook for them to be able to be happy that they're represented in that space. How do you feel when we have representation there in some aspects, but perhaps they don't follow the same ideological outlook that we have in politics? So funny enough, because I feel like I play, I play that representation game a lot. So like when, so like everyone, everyone knows I'm a, I'm a little bit of a fan for Obama. And everyone kind of talks about how much of a, not a great president he was, or how much of an average, or everything. I think he was average. Um, but for him, it's more of the, I, I, for me, one thing I is journeys. I don't just admire the people. I admire journey, and I feel like Joe Biden's had a journey. I feel like Obama had a journey. And if you read their stories, you realize they didn't have a journey. That's why I admire them. Rather than, you know, them, like, their, what they look like or how old they are. Because I feel like a lot of American politics is how you look, how old you are, um, your gender type of thing. Um, so I, I admire journeys. That's one thing I would say. 
Um, but like you're saying with the representation, um, so like in here it says, representation without meaningless, without meaningless changes in policy is pointless. And he said Obama's presidency is a prime example of this. Um, I feel like for people, so like for everyday people that, like, you know, they were reposting Kamala Harris saying, amazing, she's the best vice president. I think, for me, if you ask me, I think that should be acknowledged. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a great feat. But I think the conversation after that should be, okay, what, what, what are we doing now? Like, what's actually going to happen with our policies? That's what I think anyway. I think we need to, we need to actually, well, some people ask as if, like, we should, we shouldn't really um, care if, like, if, okay, let's, let me give you, like, a, like, a clear example. Let's say we had um, the first person of color as the UK prime minister. Some people give a response of whereby we should, we should even, like, acknowledge that fact and we should just try to look at their policies. And if their policies are good, then we should acknowledge them for their policies. No, 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 no. Like, the fact that they're the first person of color to become um, a prime minister in the UK, that's, that's a big achievement. I think as much as you need to acknowledge that, then we can acknowledge the policies as well. So I think it's a balance, having the right balance. You shouldn't just focus on the fact that, you know, they're a person of color, but also look at their policies. Um, so we have Obama tricked people into thinking he would make radical change when he actually was just another known politician. That's, that's I, might, I might disagree with that. I, I think they're right. Obama was the classic example of a good-looking guy with a fantastic voice that belonged in Hollywood, not in politics. I think he inspired... I think he almost became synonymous with like a black Jesus for so much of the community, very similar to how Meghan Markle became like the pariah for black women to say they feel like they were represented in monarchy, in the monarchy, yet Meghan Markle said herself she's not black, she um, identifies as mixed race. And I think you're right, we can admire the journey, but in admiring the journey, I feel like we get lost in the semantics and the beautiful pictures that they paint of how hard their struggle was to get there. But when you look on paper, Obama didn't do as much as perhaps was promised. And I think, again, that's something that has a whole nother conversation. And I think when we think about, pardon? No, I said, no I'm agreeing that like, that's another conversation, yeah. And then I, I think when you also think about the next UK prime minister, more than likely it'll be Mr. Sunak, more so than anything else. Um, and then I think black people might then turn around and say, we haven't had someone who's black to represent our country. So identity politics is dangerous. Um, Sure, what could he have done different? And in your answer, take into consideration the way the American system works. No, I, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, I absolutely, I think, so Jeffrey went to my union. I absolutely agree with you, Jeffrey. I don't hold people to really high hopes. I do what I can do within my own community. I think that's the thing that is the most important compared to anything else. But when are we going to stop being caught in politics of hope and politics of actual change? Are you reading the question on the screen? Yeah. yeah, sorry, sorry. When you speak about your admiration for their journey, does that translate to an admiration for their policy as well? Well, for me personally, okay, this is me personally. I think it's exclusive. And it's only because... Um, it's exclusive. I agree. Yeah, it's, it's exclusive because... It's exclusive because I feel like I'm around people a lot of the time that struggle... Um, as much as I'm around like people that are like doing well, I'm around people that struggle as well. And like I know how hard it is to break into certain spaces. I know how hard it is to like find yourself at the top. So when you do do that, I feel like some sort of admiration needs to happen. Otherwise, we're going to get to a point where we're just too bogged down on the politics rather than I feel like politics is more than that. If that makes sense, politics is more than policy. You can't. You can't reduce politics to just policy. Otherwise, we'll call it policy and not politics. Um, but yeah, that's my answer to that. Did you, did you hear the question I'd asked you? I said, when are we going to fall? When are we no longer going to see politics as just something that's hopeful and something that's going to actually bring about some change? Because as I said, I feel like people get lost in the idea of hope compared to actual change. Um... I think that that's down to um, a change in the way we view politics. I think politics, I think for, for many people, politics is news and politics is social media and politics is um, 
Obama giving a great speech or Theresa May crying on the day she's about to leave office. I think that's politics for some people. I think politics is much more than that. Politics is a, it's a, it's an internal game that is actually for people is not, they, politics tries to not engage your everyday person. It's, it's almost, it's like, it's almost like finance, you know, like investing in stuff. It's just in anything in general has been created in a way that the, the average person is not meant to be involved. In. So how we, how do they do is they bring, they bring in systems, they bring in words that you don't understand. They bring in, you know, you have to, you have to do something to achieve. Like, for example, to be a politician, you need to go to, you need to go to education. You need to, you know, start, you need to, you need to have an education. So you need to go to university, arguably. You need to like, there's so many things you have to do to get into these spaces. And that's done so that the average person just walking around that doesn't care about anything, doesn't get involved, that doesn't have a space or doesn't have an influence, essentially. I think for what, what we need for the politics of hope to stop, or, and I, I don't think, does it need to stop? I, I think that's another question. But I think if you want, if you want to argue and say like, if you want it to stop, um, I think the way we need it to stop is by everybody or by each individual taking it upon themselves to educate themselves in some sort of certain way. And that, that's outside of news. That's actually taking the time to look at manifestos. Because I think that's something big. When I ask people, okay, tell me the manifesto, there's question marks all around. Complete question marks. And it's even more than manifestos is, okay, what were the previous manifestos? What are the manifestos now? And what are the point of possible manifestos? Is that, do, do, am I making sense? That makes a lot of sense. As in people need to get, it's more than, because I feel like, if I can watch the news today and tell you everything that happened in the news. But I think it's, and I think my, my friend Tony talks about this. It's a mental order thinking thing. It's rather than, okay, we've read the news now. What does this affect this community? How does it affect this individual? How does it affect this person, this class? How does it affect my community? How does it affect the environment? How does it affect this person's thing? Like, there's so many things to it. And if you really want to educate yourself, and that's, that's up to you. That's your personal choice, whether to do that or not. But that will stop you being hopeful. That will stop you. Like someone saying the American, how the American system works. If you understood how the American system would work, you'd be able to predict how you'd be able to somewhat predict how Obama would have moved in his um, in his in his time of office. You'd be able to predict it somewhat, to some degree. You'd be able to if you if you thoroughly knew how the um, system works. If you knew Obama, if you read his books, if you followed him for years, you would know that. But that takes a lot of effort. That's why I think that the political support is almost like a it's almost like a little souvenir. To, to, to kind of cover up the hard work that needs to be done to actually get into politics, to understand the, the mechanics of politics. Um, so, then, so then do you not think politics is the word that we should use instead of politics? What, what does politics mean? So it, it's a minefield. It's various different tricks into politics. As you said, you have to go through these stepping stones just even to find yourself in that space. And then in a few comments back, you spoke about how do people of color feel in those very spaces? So, you know, people feel like when they take up those spaces, there's things such as imposter syndrome and so much more. And that leads me to ask you, have you ever felt like you've suffered from imposter syndrome? No, no, and no, 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 no and yes. Um, there's a question I've been asked before. And I said no, because I'm just me personally. I'm just. I think I'm. I'm quite confident. Arguably, well, I think I'm confident. Someone might say I'm not confident, um, but I think I'm confident. And I think if you have a little, and that's funny enough, I'm speaking to my uh, to my mentor Andre. I've only said friend, my mentor um, Andre, um, just before, and he was talking about how like he never felt like he never. It's until now, anyway. He never. He never like thought about race or never like and it was never because he he never like he was it was almost like situational privilege as people call it and i think that's been my story as well um it wasn't until university where i started to realize like class race divisions all that kind of thing and it's only it's only until certain, it's only until you get to someone like university where there's so many people they start to understand your privilege um like people there's some i'm not going to say particularly easy but there's people that are suffering with some certain issues domestic issues racial issues that you wouldn't or I wouldn't personally face. Um, and focusing on the question of imposter syndrome, because I think I've diverted from the question. Um, there, there was only once where I thought imposter syndrome, but it was more of like academic. It was more like I didn't feel like I was smart enough rather than I didn't feel like I was meant to be in the space. I felt like I was meant to be here, but I just felt like, um, oh my days, everyone here is like super smart. And it's, it was funny enough, it was on my, um, it was on my internship at Rothschild. And I think if, I think if Tammy's on the call, he was there. Like everyone there was like super smart. I was like one of the youngest people in the room. 
because it was year 12 and 13 program. I was part of the year 12 batch. And obviously, the year 13s were obviously like speaking a lot, um, doing a lot of the presentations, um, doing a lot of like the networking and stuff. And then you were just watch. I was just watching um, and thinking, oh, no, I'm a bit behind you. Um, and obviously, that, that, to be honest, it wasn't even a positive gym. It was more of like just feeling, I'm not, I'm, I'm maybe not smart enough. And what did I do? I just, it just made me go and read about finance. It made me just go and, you know, it actually made me kind of, it almost start, made me start like kicked, kicked off my LinkedIn thing. Um, so I think it kind of even motivating, motivating me from there. But that's not a story for everybody. Some people literally feel imposter syndrome and then it, it, it leads to like mental health problems, like depression, anxiety, whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to answer some of the questions in here because it's been quite a bit. I was literally about to ask people to throw questions in the question box because yeah, it just makes it a little bit easier. Yes, coming in. Um, Obama's story and intelligence is admirable. Yes, I totally agree. But policy is more important than personality. Fair enough. Um, starting, start educating the young people about politics. Yeah. How do you start getting into politics? Um, there's a lot of questions, actually. Um, why do you both think about, what do you both think about personality cults? I actually don't know what that is. Um, and if in, I have an idea. Um, it's, it's, it's personality cults are where people admire a certain leader based on their personality traits. And they typically might have a, a certain objective and a goal that they acquire by get ma having masses of followers and people to come together. I think that's, so. Like that's I, I don't think you, I don't I don't think you can be a politician or I don't think you can be a prominent I should say politician without having an element of that. Absolutely, I believe. Well, as I I think politics nowadays is a very much about personality. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Oh, guaranteed. Like Trump, Trump is a big personality. Trump has a big personality. Boris has a big personality. Um, like I think every politician. I don't. Is AOC, for example, has a big personality. Um, yeah. I don't. I think it's very hard to find a politician without personality. And even if you do find one, I don't think they'll be. I don't think they'll be a big name. Um, like even someone might disagree and say Theresa made enough personality, but I think she did. Um, but yeah, another question. Um, I need to answer the, how do you start getting into politics? Because I, I I speak about it a lot. Um, you're born to you're born to be their king. Amen. Um, listen, people think. Listen, people think presidents clip their fingers and policy comes into place. All change, real change, must usually come from people lower down, citizens, free mass organizations. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think yeah. He talks about finance. Do you think the banks should have been built down in two thousand eight? Whoa, that's a different conversation. I'm not going to get involved with that. I'm not going to get involved with that. Uh, I think, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, answer this because I'm going to keep it to like politics and contemporary stuff. James, give me yeah. a quick answer. Do you think the bank should have been bailed out in 2008? Yes or no? I don't know. Okay. Um, start educating the young people. About what was the other question? Wait, how do you start? Okay, so for me personally, um, the way it started was I was the person that like I'm a very much visual person, so I remember like I can literally remember watching Tony Blair, George Bush, David Cameron, Nick Clegg, Gordon Brown, um, Obama, like all these people when I was young. Like these these were people that kind of like I would literally come home from school and these were the people I'm watching on TV every single day. I'll see them on yeah. the news every like this is and the thing and this is probably because of my dad. My dad is one of those dads that like watch news all the time. So I'll be seeing these people like every single day. Um, obviously, like I was watching football and stuff, but it was mainly it was mainly this politics was mainly the thing that I was watching like every single day. It was mainly the it was mainly the thing that I was seeing on the news every single day. And then you know you hear about like they would be debating, question time will come on, they'd be arguing, blah blah. And it was all it was all quite fascinating to me, fascinating to me. Um, and I think that's what people it's fascinating. Politics is fascinating to some people. It's just fascinating. Uh, but I thought to myself, how can I get involved or be more involved in that? And I think it wasn't until you're 12 that I got the opportunity to get involved. And it was simple stuff as like, the chari most, most charities are political. You don't realize it, but most charities are political. They're social campaigns. Getting involved with those is a good way to start. Just emailing your MP for conversation is a good way to start. Maybe even arguing on Twitter of somebody is a good way to start as well to get involved in politics. Like, it's, 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 it's a weird stepping stone, but I would have never said this 10 years ago. But literally, going on Twitter, following a few controversial people um, and just engaging in conversation or just even if you don't again just reading through the conversation like one person i follow um another controversial person is tom howard like i follow him he's a, he's a, he's a big tory um 
not not that I'm a big tool or anything, but I follow him because every time he gives, I think he gives very interesting analysis for every situation. Um, so I follow him, like I read some of his stuff, stuff like that. Owen Jones is another interesting person, big lefty. Um, some of the stuff that he talks about as well, very interesting. He's, he's about to start his own news channel. Very interesting to me. Very very interesting to get. Owen Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh God. <laughs> like, like Owen Jones, he's so biased, but I've read his books and I think his books are incredibly interesting. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just someone's asking how do you get started, and this is how you get started. Is like these political figures are there, and they're there not just for the. Sometimes they're not there for the entertainment. They're there for the educating because they can literally educate you on, um, on issues. But I think the only thing with take everything with a pinch of salt. Don't take whatever they say as gospel because it's definitely not. They make mistakes. They're sometimes wrong. They make wrong predictions. Just listen to them. Just read, read what they're saying. I remember there was a time where I was listening to Candace Owens, another controversial person. But I literally listened to her, some of the, some of the arguments she made. Dr. Umar as well. You know, take, take a listen to him. Um, understand what he's saying. You know, um, he was talking about like the academic holocaust and eugenics. And, like, there's just so many people out there you can just start engaging with. And in terms of like local politics and stuff, that's up to your area and what they're doing. Your MYP. So, Gabriel Deji here, he's an MYP, a member of Youth Parliament. Um, I was on the Youth Parliament Committee as well. And I got involved by that because I was doing a knife crime campaign. And then that knife crime campaign led me to get into the Youth Parliament Committee. Um, and for that as well, that even broadened my horizon in terms of like that political network because I started to actually meet MPs. You know, I was actually, do I was actually doing the politics. Like, we're creating recommendations for how we can, um, you know, change the scenery or change the outlook of knife crime. And if you were to ask me that what, if that was effective or not, I, I really can't give you a solid answer. But one thing I can say, and I can definitely say with my whole heart, is that it definitely, for me personally anyway, and maybe for the people that were watching us during that period of time, because I know we had a, we had a few following, it was interesting to see how people were in Africa. Because sometimes we, we do our posts and stuff, and we had people saying that, oh, this is stupid, this is nonsense. And you have people that are like, oh, this is really great, I'm going to get involved. Um, so that's why I started getting my own politics. It's different things. Engaging political figures through social media, get involved with your MP, get involved with what your community is doing, your social... Um, so, like, for example, one thing I remember is even though I might even be posted because of this. Um, I was talking about like MPs, like, not everyone knows who the MPs are. Get to, just try to get to know the MPs, at least, like, just the minimum. Just try to know his name, at least, or what his age. Um, and then try to email him. Just keep dropping him. He might not answer. Like, I did work experience for both of my MPs. Um, and all that I did was literally constituent letters, responding to constituent letters. And that even, see, everything that you do opens your mind. It opens my eye to see that not everyone's privileged or not everyone's living a comfortable life because. If you read constituent letters, you see people in the UK, not everyone in the UK is living a comfortable life. Um, like, literally, most of the letters on homelessness, water not working, rundown houses, and I was literally, I had to think of responses to them, how the MP would get back to them. Something like MP surgeries, or, you know, sometimes you see those little posters about my MPs doing my MPs doing that. Joining an Instagram live like this is a good way to even start politics as well. So, there's so many things. I think I can't, I like to put things in numbers, but I think I've said so much. Um, but yeah, I think I'm gonna try to listen. I have one question. I have two questions actually, James, in the question box. I'm gonna put this question up. Do you think that people often forget the power they have? Democracy comes from Greek demos, people, Kratos rule. I'm. I'm not gonna. Um, the only reason I'm not gonna like extend my answer is because I think it's very simple. I think people do forget the power they have, and I think it's as simple as that. I don't, like, I don't think this is like, I can't really say anything else. I think people forget the power they have, yeah. But then why do you think people forget the power that they have? Why do I think that? Yeah, why do you think? I want your personal opinion. Um, Atien spoke about earlier about, like, corporate, corporate influence. Um, I think I spoke about before the systems. Um, so the system tries to make it like you're not smart enough, you're not good enough. Like, I always tell people I'm not, I'm not that as I look like I might speak or articulate myself like I'm smart I'm not that smart relative to other people anyway Cambridge you will truly see people that are smart and academic um, but yeah I think it's I think it's how the system portrays and how like it it tries to disenfranchise people um, from getting involved not, not in a sinister way but just in a way by it's easier for the people that are in the space to maneuver without accountability to maneuver without um, you know having every single individual try to get involved. Because I feel like there's a sense of politics whereby it needs to be for the elite, quote unquote. Um, and I feel people, I feel like every single politician has tried, especially if you become a politician, you're thinking, oh, this is really cool. Like, how do I like 
stay in this kind of circle and you do stuff subconsciously that would make you kind of stay in this little bubble um, and i think that's why people don't realize the power they have so for example on 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 media they'll put out these how many votes there were and you're thinking these hundred thousand votes you know 70 74 million people voted for joe biden 71 million people voted for trump i could be completely wrong with the numbers something like that um then you're thinking why does my vote count then you just then you're already questioning your power then you're like well, i'm not gonna vote it's not gonna make a difference you know that's how we start questioning our power and i think there's so many other systems that make us think you know like for example someone might be trying hard um i know there's a lot of like social activists here someone might be trying hard for let's say in america someone might be trying hard for the paris agreement to have been sustained donald trump pulls out the Paris agreement you're thinking oh, I, have, I have no power there. that it doesn't mean that it just it just means that the power dynamic right now it's a lot with the political elite it's, it's, it's heavy it's heavy with the establishment we just need to every day find the cause or if you if you want to anyway find the cause of how can i as a person display my power and you'll be and as you do that you'll be like ask um i think she, i think you should come on this live afterwards because he can he's a good example of someone i feel like he's tried every single day or maybe not every single day but he's tried to like you know have some sort of political change and he's taken into spaces like he's spoken in the house of Commons. before that's amazing um i feel like you can do as a personal person you can do your stuff in your own way it doesn't have to be on a public it doesn't have to be on a so on a popular level it could even be something very small in your own little community in your own region um and you all and i believe anyway you will be given the space or you you will be acknowledged there'll be a time when you become acknowledged even if it's after you die as long as you realize the power you have but yeah just to answer the questions that's what i mean i don't want to like go on around but just to answer the question um i feel like the system it's the system it's the political system that makes people feel like they don't have the power that they have um and that's like because of the jargon that's used that's because of how complicated the system is and that's because how sometimes the system is presented in such a um almost some, like some of the politics is, is 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 in a dear manner it's like politics is so bad right now look what's going on blah, blah. and I'm, I'm a person i'm very optimistic so i try not to look at what's good, like the bad things that's going on i try to think to myself like look at the biden obama romance um rather than looking at oh um biden said this obama said this and it's almost like um ignorance is bliss type of thing but i feel like sometimes we need to do that otherwise like you're saying we're going to get political fatigue and get tired eventually of oh my days not this again oh my days not this. And i think you need to start to accept certain things um not not Okay, so not ex oh, I don't know. Spin. I'm trying to distinguish the two things, but you what know, is it? accept the things you cannot change and change the things you cannot accept. That, but like in a way that, as much as we need to accept that some politicians are quote unquote have done bad things or are bad, at the same time we can't like we can't allow them to do it. I think it's accept and allow. So we can accept it, but maybe not allow it. Or we shouldn't allow it. I should rather put. Okay. Yeah. I feel like we have so many comments in terms of political questions, James, and where I think we could be here with people asking you questions, but I want to ask you, what does the future hold for you and where would you like to be in the next five to 10 years? Because I know some of the big stuff you're working on and you said to me specifically, you want to speak about it. So I'd like to give you that opportunity. I mean, everything, um, but um, five years, possibly graduated, possibly, I'm looking to possibly be a postgraduate um hopefully in the americas of some sort i i, I don't know but um definitely like further education because i'm I love, i'm loving the course i'm studying um i love learning about policy um it'd be nice to like study international policy nice to study um even a language as well because i know a friend that he did the course i'm doing at cambridge he went to study um international policy and a language at um harvard um and i, I think stuff like that is interesting so like doing some sort of postgraduate kennedy scholarship stuff like that it's, it's um it's, it's, it's impeccable. Um, so some sort of further studying for a bit um, and maybe focus on some of the ventures I have personally. Um, that's how much how much I build in them because I believe in them. Um, if they're doing exceptionally well or not, that's questionable. Um, if not, kind of just like enter the world of banking, enter the world of finance, um, see how far I get there. But eventually, after the five years, like the five years of basically kind of figuring out what do i want to do for the next 20 years or 30 years after that it would be a thing where i want to enter social policy definitely and just i enjoy it. i think a lot of people ask me like why do you want to enter social policy what do you want to change what's your um like what's your big thing and i think it's just i, I just enjoy it like like i said i don't think i've said anything that's like been polarizing i don't think i've said anything that's been like 
James believes in this or James is a big advocate for this. I just enjoy it. Um, it's almost as if like someone enjoys playing FIFA or someone enjoys watching Netflix. Um, for me, it's politics. And for me, it's like watching debates, um, watching politicians grow, um, watching politicians make mistakes, uh, watching politicians get cancelled. Um, I feel like I'm learning the craft. Um, so five years for me, I'll be 23. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully just about to enter either my own venture or my own business, like fully taking that full-time one. Or if that's not entirely working out, possibly entering investment banking or Okay. And where do you see the future for politics at the moment? I, I know you said you're an optimistic person, but do you generally in your heart feel positive about the future for politics? Um, so I'm no prophet, so I would never know what the future of politics is like. Um, but I think for the future of politics, I think it's cyclical. Um, okay. I think if you really, if you really, 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 really study history, um, and I'm doing a bit of history because obviously my course is a bit of history. You, know? you just, there's just so much patterns. It's just like, this is happening again. Um, and it happens in different ways and it happens on different scales, I should say. Um, even Marx, I think that's why Marx, Marx, as much as people don't like communism, some of the things he says are, you can't argue with them, you can't deny them. Um, I'm not a communist, by the way. Um, but some of the concepts and principles he talks about in terms of the people, the state, revolts, class, bourgeoisie, proletariat. If you read the if you read the communist manifesto, you understand. Um, some of these things are repetitive, and we always see. And why, why like we study this in you, you study when you come to uni, you study this. Like you, you always study like this will happen in history, and this is the contemporary. And it's like, are you not seeing that this is like a pattern, a reoccurring thing? It's just that like one day it's just gonna go, poof, and that's it, the end of the world. And Jesus, is yeah. Gonna come. Well, I believe that Jesus is gonna come. Um, so it's a thing where it's like. For the future of politics, I think it's a cyclical. I think we're just, we're just going to keep going through the most. Um, going to be good times where everyone's like, "Woo, first black vice president." It's going to be the bad. <laughs> oh no, we have another Trump here again. Um, there's going to be times where it's like, you know, everyone. I mean, I'm I'm not even a big hater of Trump if I'm really honest. Um, controversial, but yeah, um, a lot of people have like different views, different outlets of what the future of policy is going to be like. For me personally, I feel like it's just going to keep going in the same cycle. Um, and I feel like, well, question human nature, I like it. Um, and I feel like... <laughs> do you, do you, do you want to answer it really quickly? Yeah. James is going to be the first black chancellor. <laughs> I don't know, my, finance, my finance is great, but it's not that great, trust me. Um, what <laughs> policy is human nature. Look, I, I'll be honest, I could talk about this for like three hours, politics and human nature, because it's actually something that I do speak about. Like, and I spoke about it, I spoke about the, I spoke about the Cambridge Union, and you can see on YouTube, um, you type in my name, I spoke about the Cambridge Union last week, and I spoke about a lot about race and human nature. Um, so one of the concepts I gave was, you know, love, like, love for me is different to what love is for you. And I think that's Absolutely. what, that's what, that's, that's been the biggest problem with race, is like, people have different solutions for race, and I think that's been the biggest problem it's a perpetual problem. I feel like, as much as I believe in like a racial harmony at some point, that that is a different type of utopia that I have, and it's a utopia that I feel like it will only come about when people start to actually have like proper, 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 proper compromise and inherited conversations in in their embedded beliefs of what they're taught from at birth, and that's for different types of individuals to have. Um, and since you said their past is in history, yeah, yeah. And I think also if you, if you read the Bible, I think if you read if you read the Bible, like, and you understand the Bible as well, these patterns again, it's almost like the Bible's a like, prophetic book, and it's, it's these stuff you just like. For me, I just I sit down and smile because it's just like it. For me, anyway, it makes it makes sense sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it does, um, and it makes sense because you just see it. Oh, here we go again. Here we go again. Here we go again. And that's how that's how politics is. And I think if you look at politics like that, it becomes quite. It becomes less um, emotionally draining for a lot of people. Politics is emotionally draining. And it becomes much more enjoyable and it becomes much more of a um the bible's political is that, is that what you're I don't know. um it becomes less political draining and it becomes um more um enjoyable yeah um do you have any goals regarding your faith i, I don't want to say that again but um regarding my 
I feel like you're being asked certain questions and you're shying away from them as hard as you can. Yeah, no, no, no. I get questions a lot and I, I, I shy away from them because I'm still, I'm still in the place. I still got this for one year, so I'm still in the place of like self-discovery. No, my faith, definitely not. No, 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 like in terms of my faith or anything. Um, but self-discovery in terms of my politics. Um, and it's funny because like I read comments, I'm just like, ooh, 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 and I kind of just go ooh, all along. Um, do you have any goals regarding your personal faith? Um, I'm not going to allow outline them because I don't think it's, I don't, for me personally, it's not right to be like, oh yeah, I want to do this. I want to like, some, a Christian will come on here and want to save 100,000 souls. Um, careful speaker, yes, I am. Uh, I'm very cautious of what I say. Um, you sound like I, a politician I, already, James. You answer no, certain questions and don't address yeah, others. Yeah, I can say something that could get me cancelled in the next two, three days. I'm very careful. Listen, like, do you know what it is? With, like when people jump on my, you know, podcast, I say to people, you're not going to get cancelled by me. If people get triggered outside of it, that's their issue. They need to walk around with a big red button, evidently. I feel like you should come here and know you can say whatever you want and not have to live in fear of cancel culture. Obviously, that's easier. But I, I feel like you're a politician in the making with your certain diversions and the, 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 like the questions you're answering, the questions you're not. Like, I feel like when you're answering when questions, you're, you're a bit like, whoa, Matrix. I feel like you're moving left, <laughs> right. Up that horizontal <laughs> vertical. Uh, I, I feel like I've noticed it, but maybe it's because of what you're studying, or as someone said, you're a careful speaker, man. You're preparing for a political career, as Atheon said. When I was on Sean, he was asking me some difficult questions. <laughs> yeah, and uh, some of the questions, because you know the thing is with questions is you don't actually, like, I, I'm a very, like, prepared person. So usually when I, <laughs> I'm usually, like, I have some sort of answers I'm going to give, and I'm, I have an idea of what some of the questions are just like. Like, I've never even thought of it. Like, the personality quote, quote one. I've never thought of personality quote. Like, what's that? Like, it's never been in my... It's never, I've never thought of it before. Uh, so when someone asked me that, it's just like, oh, cool, 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 cool. Um, but, but I think it's good in some senses that you're admitting that you don't know everything. You're still on your journey of self-discovery. And I think people forget, like, you're 18. Yeah, that's... What, I'm, I'm just a little kid. I, people forget, like... Like, I'm 26, and I think... If I knew the things that you knew at your age, I'd be a very different individual. I had to learn and go through university to learn certain things. Do you know what I mean? And I think you're going to go on a journey where you're going to be like, your, your views are always going to be challenged. As long as you don't live in an echo chamber and you climb out of the rabbit hole that you may or may not be in, you're always going to learn something that you're different. You're going to have something that's going to come against your view. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. I feel like I feel like you're reading some of the questions and you like you're, like you're waiting. My head's on, my head is shaking. Someone said faith and politics should go hand in hand. Do you have any um, goals regarding your faith? So I, I think I answered that. I think I did. Um, I think I did. Connect. You know connect. what? Well, James, like you and I already agreed, we're gonna do a part two anyway, and I feel like you agree on that. Yeah, like yeah, like, listen, like we agreed on it. We agreed on that already, man. We spoke about, like, listen, you can't run now. I feel like I, I must be like the Black Piers Morgan because Matt Hancock wants to avoid me on the Good Morning. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, Matt, That's no, how I'm feeling no, now. No, Matt Hancock, if he's watching me or if he ever watches me, like, nah, he, he needs, mate, you need to be better, man. I've watched his interviews and I've laughed, like, the one he was being asked about black people in the cabinet. And that was, like, a classic politician, politics. Absolutely. Um, um, and then the one with Jon Snow as well on Channel 4, when he answered as well. Um, and just no kind of just got angry. It was like the parliament's in shambles. Like that was his response. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like questions are hard. Um, they're hard to answer. I Especially feel like the amount of questions you're getting though are for a very specific reason. It feels like if we do a part two, I might have to put up a questions box and then we just ask all the questions that everybody has and leave it for a while because you're getting a lot of questions that are, that you can't address in the short amount of time that we have. Exactly, I think that's what because I can say something. So, for example, okay, let me give you like a clear example. I was on, um, I, I'm sorry, I actually do a podcast myself. Um, uh, it's gonna, it's gonna launch and everything. I'm doing a podcast with a few friends and stuff. Um, and on, on the podcast, I said, um, I've never faced racism. Mm. Everyone got angry. Yeah, that is a wild statement for some people. Whoa. <laughs> So then, this, it was like, and I was, and also I've said stuff. I've said something like, um, "So guys, do you believe in black privilege?" 
everyone got angry. It was like everybody literally just like was like uproar, complete uproar. Um, and it's the reason why I don't make blunt statements anymore. Um, because I don't want to say Is it something. because you're afraid of being cancelled? Is that why though? I don't think it's a bit of being cancelled. Because look, you never, I don't think even if I come to a politician, I'll never use Twitter. Like, I'll, I just wouldn't use Twitter. And even if I do, be someone managing for me. And if someone managing me, I'll, I'll try to stay away from Twitter. Because I think Twitter is a place whereby you get yourself in conflict. I don't know how Donald Trump does it. Like he, Twitter, Twitter's the wild west of the worst parts of the world. <laughs> I, 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 if, if people read Twitter every single day, you would genuinely believe that humans are not as good as people would like to think they are. Yeah, and I'm an optimist, so it wouldn't be good for me. No, yeah, Twitter's a very negative and a very dark place. But look, I've got to ask you a final question. What do you want people to take away from the conversation we've been able to have in this short amount of time? Nice, nice, I like that. Um, I think first thing would be watch my Instagram debates. They're interesting. Get involved. <laughs> Get involved. Because I know a lot of you are watching and just like, Say something. I want to see, say something. Um, that would be my first thing. My second thing would be get involved in politics. Um, yeah. The ways to do that: joining Instagram Live, getting yourself on Twitter, looking at some of the um, the big kind of politicians out there, what they're doing, um, emailing your MPs, seeing what like the social campaigns in your area, um, <laughs> looking at area and what they're doing, joining politician responses. Um, I think I, the third thing would be is don't feel pressure to get involved in politics. Do what you enjoy. Um, but I urge you to get involved in politics. I'm not forcing you. It's not a command. I'm not an uh, authoritarian leader or a dictator. So, yeah. <laughs> um, James, man, listen, I'm gonna, I need more than an hour to dig out the real answers out of you because I feel like I've been softer on you today simply because it's my first podcast back and because I don't want to, as I said, I don't want you to be like the Matt Hancock of Good Morning where you vow not to come back on for 200 days. You know what I mean? But I generally have enjoyed the conversation I've had with you. And I think just by the responses you've had with people, people are, are willing to have a conversation with you and you're more than willing to have a conversation with me. So I'm thankful for that. And I, I see your debates regularly. And I think some of the comments you get from people are a bit wild. Do you know what I mean? So I, like, like I, but I appreciate what you do and the debates you try to encourage and the conversation you try to spark. James, I've got to say a big thank you, man. No, thank you to you. I think, I think we should close off here. Um, otherwise, because I'm still seeing... <laughs> <laughs> the questions are still coming. Like, I've never actually... I've done a live where questions have been coming, but this is like political questions. And, like, I'm literally in the hot seat. I feel like I'm in the hot seat right now. That's well, cool. Listen, you are in the hot seat. And when we do a part two, you, like, listen, you, you have to come ready. I don't know. I don't, what, what research am I researching? Like, where do I start? Listen, research. Sometimes you've got to have a good general knowledge when it comes to, you know, politics nowadays. 100%. Like, for example, the other day I was, t I was telling my friend, I, I won't like, you have to start, but like, <laughs> you have to tell me more about Israel and Palestine. Because I feel like I've, I've just been looking at this, the debate of Israel and Palestine. I've been scratching my head for like the last five years. And it's like, yeah. I, need, like I need to see where I stand on that. Maybe not stand, but let me just like, see. I don't want to get involved in that as well, but I just want to know, because, for example, I post, on my matriculation in Cambridge, I posted uh, my matriculation, and on the, the last picture is actually with the master of my college, um, Lord Smith Prinsby, he's, he's, he's in the House of Lords, a big guy, and it was, it was an amazing picture, and I'm, I'm actually honoured to have like, had a picture. There's a, there's, a, there's a person at the end of the picture on the left, if you go on, he's on my um, Instagram, and he's, um, he's the proctor for Cambridge, oh, for my college in, in Cambridge. And um, someone was what he's wearing, it was like a, like a headscarf, what he's wearing is, um, is from the Bayern, or, and, and it's, it means he has solidarity for Palestine, it means that he's pro-Palestine. And I was just like, wait, I just took the picture, I, I, I'm not pro-Palestine, I don't, I, like, I don't know, I don't know. So it's like, you do things as well, you say things and you don't realise like, the implications that has happened. It's but, you true. Know, when I posted the Remembrance Day, then everyone was like, James, do you know the Western imperialism history that... Remember, has. I'm just like, I mean, I kind of knew it, but I didn't know it was like that serious for people. So that's why I also see. And one thing, these type of things happen. It just makes you feel like you don't wanna be, you don't wanna um, provoke people. Because I feel like I can easily, I can easily speak 
say some things are some people feel provoked some people feel angry not everybody some people because everyone listen you have to hang around with me more often because you i think you know from meeting me i'm not afraid to trigger people get them upset get them angry why did you talk after the conversation um mike back boris I remember, I remember, I remember the stuff you said. I remember the things you said about trusting masculinity. Like it was, it was raw, it was raw. Um, yeah, man. L listen, I have to shut down the conversation because we've yeah. gone past an hour, and people are still here. You know, the numbers have gone up. You people are doing the most today. It went, it went from like four to like twenty-three. Yeah, like to twenty-one. Like it's mad. Like I'm actually really surprised. But James, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna sort out part two, and I'm gonna ask you. I'm going to say to everyone now, when we do a part two, I've got to ask you three questions on very specific topics. I'm going to give you the time to research it. Go away. But Go I need your raw and authentic views. No, poli this, no political this answers. This is political execution. <laughs> nah, nah, not at all. Listen, your career, this is not political suicide. Your career will thrive after this. You will rebirth like Lazarus. Amen. Listen, you will rebirth like Lazarus, man. <laughs> Jeffrey's been trolling me the whole time, you know. Looks at his arms. <laughs> Listen, James, we'll chat, man. I'll send you a message, man. I want to yeah. say thank you to everyone that's locked into this live, man. Um, yeah. Um, if I wasted your time, I'm so sorry, but yeah, God bless. Listen, listen, you haven't wasted my time. Like, I've generally enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> I've generally enjoyed it, man. Honestly, honestly, so much, man. We'll chat. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I look forward to having you again. If you've enjoyed, share, subscribe, follow and make sure everybody gets to have the blessing that is conversations. And remember, Flower Hour is the podcast where conversations blossom.